Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us All right, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Mainly Celtics podcast. Um, I've got one thing to say, Matt, and that is the summer Celtics are a wagon. The wagon, oh, yeah. the wagon of all wagons. Yeah, I mean, dude, they're they're tough to stop. They're they're. I mean, you talk about dynasties. Talk about the greatest teams in NBA history. It's eighty-five, eighty-six Celtics, ninety-seven Bulls. Um, the first year, the KD Warriors, and then probably the Summer League Celtics, I think. And probably probably somewhere in that order. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. but No, up for interpretation. Yeah. Up for, up for debate. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I just got done. I recorded the game because I was away away yesterday. So I recorded the game and just watched it this morning before this. And um, even without Pritchard, like, they still 20-point 20, 20 win. It wasn't really close at any point. No. Second second half, it was pretty much all Celtics. So, um, yeah, this team's absolutely incredible. Uh, we can talk about just kind of breaking down individual guys. Uh, I think, first of all, we should just start with Pritchard just because he's been fucking MVP of the Summer League. I I agree with you there. I mean, what was – he's uh, – I saw some – shit, hold on. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging like 20, I believe 20.3 points. He's, he's shut down now, so he's done with Summer League, but 20 points per game and almost nine assists, which is second out of all Summer League players. And that was my big knock against him was like, I was like, oh, a lot of people wanted him to start. And I was like, I don't know if he has the playmaking to be the starting point guard. I'd rather just have Marcus Smart run the show and then like have like someone like Neesmith who's a little bit bigger, more switchable, um, or, or even Schroeder. But I mean, if he's going to pass like this during the regular season, I see no reason why he can't. He can't be in the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, if especially um, with the lack of a true point guard that's on the Celtics right now, um, I saw I saw a stat that he was second second in the entire in the summer league in stat in assists to Sharif Cooper by like point two, but point three. I think you, yeah, point three. You sent it out actually. Um, yeah, it was me. Um, <laughs> But he had, I believe, Shreve Cooper's averaging like 5.7 turnovers per game, whereas Peyton Pritchard's averaging 1.3. Right. So just extremely smart with the basketball in his hands, making all the right decisions. Uh, I would say one step better than smart with the basketball in his hands, but I would say deadly. The dude's knocking down jumpers. He's executing every pass he's trying to make. And the the offense is incredibly fluid with, Peyton Pritchard out there yeah I mean he's effective around the fast break and the half court dude like he's if he's hitting like this during the regular season dude that like he's he's gonna be a real real help to the spacing because he's pulling up from like Lillard Steph Curry range hit shots and it's not like they're bouncing in dude he's he's just nothing but net so that's a that's a big thing (laughs) I mean that's a big thing with a lot of the acquisitions we made is like they're good playmakers they're good defenders but it's like okay I worry about the spacing like Dennis Schroeder, Smart, Josh Richardson, all three of those guys aren't great shooters. Like, they're all probably below league average shooters. And so space could be an issue. So I think Peyton Pritchard, and we'll talk about Neesmith in a little bit, uh, are going to be essential for this team to to have any success because they're going to help space for our our two students. 
Yeah, no doubt. You um, kind of uh, there. Oh, I did. That's yeah. I just I just said spacing is going to be uh, pretty pretty helpful having Pritchard and Neesmith to provide that spacing when you have guys like Richardson, Dunn, and Smart in the lineup. All guys that are I think career like I believe like somewhere between thirty three and thirty five percent career three point shooters. So a little bit below average. So these guys are really going to be essential if we want to have any success. You're absolutely right. Um, again, another guy that we uh, are high on this show and has been incredibly uh, effective this summer is Naismith. What did he finish with last night? Like, I think he, had... he didn't have a super impressive game last night. I believe he only had 13 points. Okay, I was going to say 16. Um, but either way, like he's still shooting the ball well. He didn't he didn't seem to take over. He doesn't have his hot streaks. Um, I didn't I didn't get to catch a little bit of the first half because I recorded a little bit late. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Just the other day that uh, the way Pritchard's able to set him up was was a little bit different. Um, he was getting a lot of shots that he come into, but he was creating his own. I'm not concerned with him at all. I mean, I said that last week. Him and Pritchard are the only two guys that I'm not concerned with how their performances are whatsoever. I'm only going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And just, just his output, I believe coming into yesterday's game, I'm sure it went down because he didn't have a great shooting at, but I'm sure he's still shooting about 40% from uh, three and about 50% from the field. Cause I believe he was at 55 and 44 coming in and he was a little bit below both of his averages. So, so I mean, 50, 40, and he's shooting like 80% from the field, uh, 80% from the line. Like that's a super effective player. Absolutely. For a second year guy in the league, a guy who has yet to have a real off season. Yeah. I mean, this was huge. Like his biggest thing last year, and I said it and people were getting on him, calling him a boss. And I was like, just let this guy have an off season. Let this guy get some confidence. Like yeah, he can I, shoot. There's no way like, he's not going to be a, I believe he was a 34% three point shooter in the first half last year. I was like, that's not him. That's just untrue. And he showed it. He showed it second half. Second half, he shot thirty eight percent on, on uh, a lot, lot larger volume. So I think he finished with thirty seven overall, thirty seven percent overall from three. Yeah, uh, I was a, uh, I was uh, the guy in that boat saying, ship this guy off to the fucking moon uh, at the All Star break last year, and I am. You're gonna make me eat those words now. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where. I mean, I donned him the best year in the draft, which may or may not be true. But I was like, there's no way he like he like this is shooting's like this this wasn't this was his strength. Like there's no way like him be like, there's no reason why he couldn't shoot the NBA level. And I think going forward, I think the floor is probably that like 37, 38% from three range. I think he easily could be a guy to shoot 40% from three. Um, I was really thinking to myself, and obviously this is big time homerism, but it's like a uh like a uh uh, clay thompson light type of player like he's definitely not clay thompson i'm not saying that he will be but i'm saying that ceiling there is like the clay thompson type player where i think he can be a really really good defender and he can be a guy that's just consistently knocking down 40 percent of his three-point shots obviously it's a super lofty uh lofty comparison to be making but i just i just like a lot of needs in this game i think he's really going to continue to get better at each and, and he's, he's a worker too like he's added it looks like at least 10 pounds of muscle from last season to this season he does look good yeah, um, I would say Matt that that's the uh, early morning coffee talking. I've been I've been sitting on that thought for like I don't know like <laughs> four ever ever since probably since uh when when was the third game was it Friday was Friday the third game or was that Thursday I think it was it was Thursday, Thursday. yeah because yeah. then we played last night they had a day in between 
Um, yeah, I've been thinking that since Thursday. I was like, that's obviously bold. I mean, I think it's maybe more like a, a Mikel Bridges, but maybe more towards the the offense rather than like more three-point shooting, less defense, like yeah. a three and D type player, but slightly more offense, slightly less defense mm-hmm. than those guys. I think that's probably a more fair comparison. Um, but no, he's just, he's been incredible. And I even thought about like, he'd be perfect for the starting role. I think about how big switchable and uh, how good of a shooting lineup you'd have if you had him. I mean, you could even go with Pritchard, but Pritchard's just less switchable because he is smaller. But I mean, a lineup of Marcus Smart, him, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Rob Williams, like that, that lineup would, could be very good defensively. And it has a lot of shooting in it with, with uh, our three wings. And some great ball movements, some guys that know where to be on the passes and who to, how to get the balls uh, out, you know? Yeah. And he's looks like he's doing a lot more with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. I know the assist numbers don't directly reflect them. I'm sure they're improved from what we saw last year, but I mean mm-hmm. that it would have been hard to get much worse um, with his actual ball movement, but he looks like he's really trying to move the ball. He's looking like when the ball's in his hand, it's not catch and then just, uh, either shoot it or just find someone just to give the ball to. It looks like he's uh, looking to try and beat guys off the dribble as well as look for guys cutting the basket or just open around the perimeter. So it seems like he is becoming a better passer, a more kind of aware passer, and just more involved in the offense, which I think is is good to see in his development. Absolutely. And uh, something that I didn't really take into consideration, um, you know, when we're talking about uh, – like moving on from Naismith and how this guy stinks. And the fact that he didn't get a summer league, all these guys, all these young guys are Pritchard, uh, Romeo and Naismith. They all have the ball in their hands all the time. Like you're not going to get that on a normal, on a, on a NBA run part of the 82 game series. Like Naismith is not going to have the ball in his hands for 30 possessions, you know? These guys get great looks. They get a chance to run the offense through themselves. And I, it, it's working wonders for their game. I mean, you see it night in, night out. Pritchard, Naismith, Romeo are some of the best players in the summer league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Naismith, like, he just has the the ability to just be a deadly catch-and-shoot player. But you're right. Like, it is taking an adjustment, too, because he went – from being like the star star of his team where he was averaging like, I think like 23 a game, 20 something a game. And then you go to a team where it's like, yeah, your job is to just be a catch and shoot guy. Like it is hard to adjust to. And then you don't have that summer league to kind of get that little, little, I know it's not very many games, but just a little bit of buffer to kind of get you used to playing with more NBA level competition. than you usually have like a normal preseason where you play like a full preseason rather than just two games or whatever they played last year, two or three games. I think they only played two games. Yeah, and you're really rushed because you got to get your starters ready. You can't, you can't, uh, yeah. you can't be playing your your rookies a ton of minutes throughout the preseason if you need to get your starters ready because you only have two preseason games. Usually, it's kind of you let your rookies play to start the preseason, and then you kind of work your minutes up for your for your starters. But yeah, um, yeah, this this has been very encouraging, especially from those two guys. And uh, we can talk about. Do you want to talk about Romeo next or Carson? Uh, let's do Romeo then Carson. Okay. Romeo, uh, I don't know what you've thought about him. I've been impressed with his shooting. I believe he's shooting 38.5% from three so far through four games, mm-hmm. which is promising to see. Um, he hasn't really taken the leap. It looks like Pritchard and – like the very noticeable leap Pritchard and uh, Neesmith have, but it, it's it's a noticeable leap. It looks like he's definitely improved since last year, which is always good to see. 
I, I think it's going to be very tough for him to really crack minutes on this team, though. I, I 100% agree with you. Like, And I have been up and down on Romeo over the past two years. But this summer, I was going to – like, I'm – I was willing to give him his shot. And it just looks like that there's – so much talent on this Celtics team that it's going to be hard, like you said, for him to get many minutes. I mean, he's playing, he's playing like, well, he had what, 16 points last night. He had, he had 13 as well. I believe 13. Yeah. 13. He had uh yeah. So like, I believe he's two for five from three too. But the, the issue is it's not that like his talent, but the problem is like, he doesn't provide anything different than a lot of these other guys that are on the team. It's just like the way the talent, is organized on this team. It's very guard heavy right now. And yeah. it's a lot of guys that can play really good defense. And he doesn't have that standout skill like Neesmith. Like Neesmith is probably the best shooter out of out of our guards, him or Pritchard. So that's going to mm-hmm. let them stand out and become those uh, rotation players. But like, I mean, I think about Romeo, when we're talking about comparisons, like I just know Neesmith, like he's very Josh Richardson-like. I don't think the passing is there, but he's shown flashes of it. But he's like kind of a younger Josh Richardson at this point. And if you just have the older, more veteran Josh Richardson, why don't you just play him over over Romeo? Especially right. if you're like trying to compete and trying to win. So he doesn't really separate himself enough. But I really, I hope they honestly move on from Richardson because they do need a powerful. They're gonna be if they they do plan to compete this year. So, because either him or Clay, too many talented wings and guards that I think are deserve minutes, that I yeah. think things could get really jumbled like it did in like 2019. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's got to be one, if, if this t- roster is trying to, uh, trying to compete and trying to make it to the Eastern Conference finals this year, then there needs to be, some sort of move at, the, at that shooting guard position. I don't know if it's keep Richardson around and move Romeo or package Romeo and Carson for a serviceable backup, big power forward, something like that. But I think there's one more move that has to be made. And speaking of Carson, he's up next on our talking points. And I don't know about you, but I, I, Again, I've been – this is the third time I'm saying it. I've been impressed with Carson Edwards over the summer league. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to to really fall in love with him. Like, he's he's a one-positional defender, but he looks good. At, he looks good on defense so far this summer league. Like, against other point guards, like, he's playing very well. Like, he's, he's playing really hard. He's grabbing rebounds. He's trying to do everything he can. It's definitely not lack of effort. He's doing it. He's being yeah. effective. Yeah, And that's what I was talking about, whereas like, I couldn't fully buy in. I thought passing was there. But the defense has really been, like, pretty solid so far. So I think if he's able to at least uh, guard one position effectively, like, he could. And the thing that's tough is I don't think he's going to have the same with Romeo. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to crack that unit when you have point guards. Like, you're going to have Smart. You have Dennis Schroeder now. You have Peyton Pritchard. You have Chris Dunn that plays point guard. It's mm-hmm. like, it's going to be hard for him to get minutes. Yeah. So it's 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 tough, but I have been impressed. I think he has been very deserving of the fifteenth roster spot. Yeah, and the very worst, like he might be really raising his uh, trade value for another team that actually could use him. Right, and I would, I honestly would not. I was so high on him coming out of college. Uh, he was so good. Where well, he went to Purdue, right? 
Yeah, he went to one of those teams. I always get uh, – Purdue uh, and Vanderbilt always – No, it was Purdue. It was Purdue. Um, but he was so good. that He was uh, NCAA, what, final for Elite Eight, Sweet 16, most valuable player, some shit like that. But he's just been a guy that is super high energy, very high effort, high motor guy. And you can tell he's fighting for that last roster spot. He knows that he is a bubble guy. And he he knows that he has to show out night in, night out just to get a spot on this roster. Yeah. And I like I said, I've been impressed. Like, I was a very big skeptic of Carson, but I'm starting to believe. Um, I think just real quick, I mean, we can talk about Grant choosing not to. I don't know if you – I, like, finally heard someone say uh, – Jay King, at least, said that he did have the option he chose not to, which I just – I don't know why, like, Obviously, you're not there to impress the fans, but I think from a fan perspective, you would rather see Grant playing. Because honestly, like I'm liking a lot of what Bruno Fernando is providing. It's like uh, I don't know. Like last I've seen of Grant, really, really doesn't impress me as much as what I've seen at Bruno Fernando. And obviously, summer league seems like bigs can really dominate, and he's been just very effective helping protect the rim and you know doing a little bit of rim running and grabbing some boards and just playing big and physical. But I'd like to see Grant do that. Like you want, I just, I don't know. I want to see him mesh with our, with our team a little bit and I'm just not fully bought in and, and Grant's really right now as it stands is he's our backup power forward and he's going to play big minutes. I really would like to see him in summer league seeing if he's uh, made any strides over the season, but obviously he must, he must think that he's put in enough work that he doesn't uh, need, need to be on the summer league team, which is I think unfortunate, but. Yeah, it could spell an issue for his roster spot moving forward like um I didn't I didn't know anything about that this is the first I'm hearing of that uh what do you say Jay King yeah from the athletic right right um yeah I did not know that and uh I was wondering why I hadn't seen any of Grant this summer and I guess that's why he chose not to well he was sitting on the bench I know one game also, I believe Taco was at one or two of these games, which seems odd that he's there and he's not signed to a team. Uh-huh. You would think he'd at least, if he's not going to come back with the Celtics on a two-way deal, he'd at least try and find somewhere else. Right. Like, I think some team would just take a flyer on him. Because, like, I know he's obviously kind of like – he's like a meme at this point. But, like, he's a guy – like, you can use him like a Bulbon. If he's got the right matchup, you can put him in for a little bit, provide some – just a big body in the middle and grab some rebounds and some a little bit of offense. Like, he can be pretty effective for short sport spurt. So I'm yeah, kind of surprised yeah. I'm not seeing him on a summer league team. I am too. I'm so he's he's not gonna come back with the Celtics. I mean, it's not out of the possibility because they still do have that two-way spot available. Um, we'll see if if they give it to to Yam, who uh got injured, but he's just day to day, so nothing too serious. But um they there's a possibility that they sign Yam to that two-way deal, I believe. Um, if it's in so and also i mean they could sign taco back they could just sign another free agent that impressed them in the summer league but but as of right as of right now i don't think he's rostered but tremont just got signed to the rocket summer league team so he's not on like their official roster based on their summer league team which i thought it was odd that he wasn't on a team either but yeah it was just announced yesterday got it yeah because we had we had announced that he was uh working out Excuse me. He was working out privately, uh, trying to crack the rotation of a different league, a different team. Yeah, he basically expresses his interest, which is like, sure, dude, you can. Yeah, you're the whatever you want to do. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, so we definitely won't. I, we definitely won't be seeing him return to Maine this year. But it's whatever. Uh, what else? Uh, well, Sam House. Sam Hauser got signed. Sam Hauser. The two A deal. Yeah, that was a, it was made official uh, the other day when they same with the NS signings and the Schroeder signings. But yeah, I mean that guy can shoot the lights out. Yeah, not a bad not a bad thing to have. No, and he's looked okay defensively. Um, not great. He Virginia, so you got to be. Yeah. I think we talked about last time. He's going to be competent, but he, he does. He isn't definitely the quickest guy in the world. Maybe mm-hmm. he does try and, like, I know he's already pretty old for, for a rookie, but maybe he does try and bulk up a little bit, become just more of a power four type player, like a stretch four. Yeah. Because, but I think he can provide value from this team. Obviously, he's not going to be clamping anyone up defensively, especially at the NBA level. He hasn't got picked on so far in summer league, it looks like. Uh-huh. But, I mean, he can shoot. He, I mean, it's always good to have a guy that can just space the court. You can trust the guy to hit open threes. I mean, if it's him or, you know, if it's him opposed to what we had last year with Grant Semi trying to hit threes, I'd much rather have Sam Hauser out there. So, yeah, same here. So, it'll be, he'll be interesting to, to watch in his stints in Boston if, if he is able to make, make some. So, if he's able to get some run. Yeah, that'll be fun. But, yeah. Yeah, he had, he had the game high the other day. He also had seven assists, so he's a high IQ player. So uh, yeah, I've, been, I've had... been pretty pretty impressed with him as well. I was a little, like, kind of didn't really care, but we've had 21 points and seven assists the other day. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was 23, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I hit the game high either way, but that's right. – he's solid, you know. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to try and get down and watch some games and watch him play. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll that'll be, really be really fun. fun to watch. Um, so, the Celtics are 4-0 in the Summer League. Only team to do that. I think they have, like, they're, like... I think they're playing for the Summer League title game because it's just like you play four games and the two teams the best record to play. Right. It's on Tuesday, right? This upcoming- uh, yes, they put, I, well, I guess they must play a game today. So maybe they've already clinched the like one of the top two seeds. It must be because they play again tonight. Because I saw I saw that somewhere. Unless I'm going crazy. I'm looking. Um, I don't know. Can't look up the summer league schedule. Okay. Uh, e- <laughs> uh, either way, though, no, they've been extremely impressive, and they did it last night. They won by 20 against the Sixers team without Pritchard. I believe Maxie was out. I can't – I think Anthony was injured. Or like, I think he had personal reason, like, nothing serious. I think he just had, like, something he already said he had to miss. No, I think like, he was going to have to miss. Like, yeah. So, uh, so, I, so, I mean, we were both without our best summer league players, and we still won by 20. So, that was that was pretty impressive. Uh, Carson was able to take a step up. I'm glad Romeo was able to get more run and maybe a little more freedom. I'm hoping to see him with a maybe with the ball in his hands a little more, trying to create from others in his last game. Maybe hit a couple more open threes. Um, uh, Bagarin or Bagarin, however you want to say his name. I've liked him a lot. I just think he's basically a, a power forward, though. I think I'm just convinced he's like the Miles Bridges type power forward. Okay, where he's just yeah, like I didn't, I didn't he's. Count. Last game, he he's like legitimately good. Like they played him. I talked about like him and him and Neesmith are the biggest guys on the court. Like in the first game, and mm-hmm. he legit can like play play a little bit of like small ball center. Like he's 
Uh, I don't know if he if he could do it at the like the NBA level, but I'm talking about like summer league level. Like he's he's playing some small ball center at times. Yeah. But he's extremely long. He's extremely athletic. He's a strong dude. Like I just think like his position going forward is like actually just a power forward. Obviously, we won't see him this year. So maybe he puts on even more muscle and he's just uh, playing playing some four some four and some small ball five for the Celtics in a few years. But but I've liked him a lot. He's he's good. He he likes to defense. So. Uh-huh. I'm I, I like him a lot he's very fun to watch he's a very fun team you know they love to run they love to play defense so that's always, that's always fun to watch it is and it's always fun to watch the Celtics beat the Sixers yeah always hopefully we'll see a couple more times this year than we did last year yeah I'd love to I'd love uh, to. do you have any more summer so, league props um no not really uh I'll be excited to watch the last couple of games. I'm excited to watch the preseason and watch these guys develop. I hope these guys are able to translate what they're doing in the summer league into the regular season. Yeah, I think the preseason is going to be a big test for that. We're going to see rotations. We're going to see guys in position in lineups that we probably haven't thought of before. Um, it's going to be nice. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the starting lineup. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Is like who they have starting just the preseason games. Um, and one of the people they might have starting is uh, our new point guard, Dennis Schroeder. Absolutely. Um, personally, I couldn't be happier with the guy signing a five. What was it? Five point nine million dollar deal. Yeah, it was our as our mid level or mid level exception. Yeah. So I, that's I mean that's a steal. The guy was offered a what a twenty one twenty one million dollar per year contract. Yeah, it was like an 85, yeah, 84, four years for Yeah, And I think he turned down because he wanted at least 100 million, he wanted four for 100. And so now he signed a $6 million contract with the Celtics. So that seemed like a bargain in my book. I'm not complaining. Um, No. But I do. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I I was just going to start spitting off stats. Um, I do wonder because I'm pretty sure with that, I'm pretty sure we're under the tax line before we signed up. I think we're over it now. And if they do really want to stay on their tax, which seemed like they really wanted to, maybe they do move a couple guys, which would make mm-hmm. sense. Cause like I said earlier, we're very guard heavy. Maybe they try and trade off. I know Richardson's got a fairly big size deal, $11 million. Maybe they try and trade him for a guy that can just be a serviceable power forward for like five million, get right under that tax line mm-hmm. um, to even, so we just don't have to pay that repeater tax next year when we hopefully sign Brad Beal. Right. But I, I like the addition. Uh, we'll make it work. You know, talent seems to overcome fit a lot of the times. I agree That's with you. That's the thing that was here. Well, it wasn't the best fit, but we got talent available for sure. Definitely. Um, okay. So what is the best what, – what stands out the most to you about Dennis Schroeder? What do you like most about his game? Um, I like that he's able to create his own shot because we've seen the playoffs, how important that was last year. He's not a shooter, but, I mean, he can shoot from, from the mid-range. He can shoot from three if he has to. It's not super consistent, but he's a guy that can get his own bucket. You know, he doesn't have to be set up from someone else. We saw last year – I mean, that was the big difference between the Bucks and Sun Series. The Bucks had – Middleton, Giannis, and, and Drew Holiday, whereas the Suns really only had uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and occasionally okay. campaign. But just that difference of having that third shot creator was huge for them, and I think that could really help us in the playoffs. 
I think so too, because right now it, the, or as of last year, the only two guys that could go and get their own shot were Jason and Jalen. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kemba couldn't because I don't know, he got picked on on defense and was running ragged out there. And then when he was bringing the ball up, he was not an option really. So a guy like Schroeder, Schroeder's a fine defender too, which is like also yeah, a, helpful. A, a better defender than you think. Um, which is nice. Bigger, bigger guy than Kemba, um, which is nice too. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking He's at also stuff. great, great pass there as well. Another guy that can move the ball well, which we talked about, which seemed to be a uh, a stressor in Adoka Adoka's uh, roster or Brad Stevens' roster construction. Absolutely. He's had more than 3.5 assists. Oh, hold on. No, he's had more than more than four assists every year since 2014 and at least six in four of the last six years. At least yeah. What do you have last season? He had like five something, right? 5.8. I counted that as so. Oh. Yeah. I mean, but that's also, you're playing alongside one of the greatest passers of our generation. Like yeah. he's not having the ball in his hands typically like a normal point guard would. So, so I think that should, that would, uh, I mean, those numbers are, it's kind of, it's hard to average a ton of assists. You saw with Kyrie, like his numbers weren't very high when he was playing alongside LeBron. So it's just right. tough because LeBron's a very, very ball dominant player. Absolutely. Um, last year was his worst year shooting the three since 2017. However, he shot 33%, um, which isn't great. That's right around his career average. Um, but I don't think he's going to be shooting that many threes. And I think when he does shoot them, I think he makes them at a normal clip, which is about 33 to 35%. So that's not something to worry about. He has, is a 15, 15 point a night guy. I mean, I can't, I'm looking for minutes from last year. I think 20 or the year he was a six man for OKC average like 20, didn't he? Uh, yeah. 27. Uh, no, for OKC, that was only last year. Two years ago, I mean. Uh, yeah. 2019, 2020, he averaged 19 points, uh, four assists, a steal, um, and shot. I think that was his best season of his career. That's coming a six man role, which is like maybe why you don't put him in that starting role. Just let him cook as the as the leader of the second unit. Right, right. Um, he, yeah, he shot from two point. He shot fifty one percent, forty seven percent overall. I mean, he he had thirty minutes a game. I mean, do you think do you think he'll get thirty minutes on the Celtics? I think he'll probably get close to that, honestly. Because you think, right. I mean, say say Neesmith starts. I think you're going to try and stagger him. And I do think I do think you're going to trade one of Dunn or Richardson just because it doesn't make sense fit-wise. Like spacing, it's going to be pretty pretty clustered. But if you do trade one of them and you just kind of stagger Smart and Schroeder's mitt so you have a guy that's a, a good playmaker on the court at all times, as well as uh, you try and keep them apart so that way you have at least like two or three guys in space floor at all times. Right. So I think and that's what they'll probably try and try and do a lot of. It's interesting to think about. I haven't I haven't really thought about the lineup situation. I haven't really thought of uh different combinations that we could go with, but that opens a lot of possibilities the way you're talking having Marcus and Schroeder staggered. 
Yeah, I mean, because say you say your first lineup, you come in with you start say you start with Pritchard. You have Pritchard plus shooter guy shot forty one percent last year. You have Jalen Brown plus shooter. Um, then you have Jason Tatum obviously plus shooter. Mm-hmm. Three guys that are that you can plus shooter. So you have you have Mark Hart. Say you, you sub out, you sub out Rob Pritchard Smart. Then you have Dennis Schroeder, obviously not plus, plus shooter, but then you have Neesmith, um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford. So then you have four guys that are plus shooters for their position, and that's just a lot of spacing. So I think you can get a lot more creative with the lineups if you do stagger those minutes between Marcus Smart and uh, Dennis Schroeder. Absolutely, and then. And then combinations of a guy like Richardson or Chris Dunn come in, and then yeah, defense, mix mix them in. Then your defense goes up a notch too, along with not sacrificing playmaking and ball handling. It's it's yeah. it's fun to think about at least. Yeah, and that's why I think like that's what I'm saying. Like we, need, I think we need like one more like wing shooter or like wing forward like a yeah. power forward that can shoot a little bit just because like it does get a little bit iffy when you're really thinking about it you're like okay but how many done richardson in at the same time and it's like oh do i need to have rob there i'm gonna have or do i have rob in there it's like okay what if i'm trying to go grant like that's gonna be pretty tight so you're i i do think that i do think another move needs to be made i really hope they do make that move because i think if they do it just unlocks a really high ceiling for this team a very cohesive unit rather than just like um, some of the, some of the, the top level players we had last year. I think the fits really good last year. Maybe, maybe the talent of the lineups isn't as great, but I think the fits a lot better. Absolutely. Um, Lori Markinen sign and trade. That'd be great. I mean, if you, if you want, yeah, but it's, it's do, I don't think the Celtics want to, once again, like they want that cap space open for next year. I don't think they want to commit to lower marketing long-term. So maybe unless it's a two-year deal and they're like, okay, we could easily flip them the next year. Yeah. Um, and they sign up for like, I don't know, like 10 mil and they sign and they send like Josh Richardson and like Bruno Fernando back or something. Right. So it just gives us a little bit, of, a little bit of money back, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think we might have to get creative. If we're going to do a deal for Lori marketing, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be a, ideal fit a guy backup power forward you don't have to play him uh a ton of minutes he's not going to get really exposed defensively alongside a lot of second units you can Mm -hmm. put centers beside him that are really good rim protectors like rob and al horford al horford maybe not the rim protector but just a a very good solid overall defender yeah um for a big man so you have those two guys that are, are plus defending big men beside him and i think he'll he'd really um really thrive maybe not numbers wise but i think his efficiency would be probably his most efficient year definitely that would be yeah. uh in a perfect world that would be the fit we were the caesar looking for but um, him or kyle anderson other one which which i don't, I don't know, know what i think the grizzlies are doing but now try look up kyle anderson's numbers right now he's coming off the best year of his career Trust me, you'd, I'm pretty sure shot okay. like 38% from three. Yeah, I think he had like a career high in assists. Um, he's obviously a very good defender like he has been his whole career. He can play the four. He plays the four almost exclusively – or not almost exclusively, but besides this year, he's mostly a small four. This year, he played almost uh, all his minutes at the power forward. He can play small ball five. Um, he's just a guy I really like. And I don't know, like, if the, it seems like the Grizzlies aren't trying to compete right now with the move they made to – to sign Eric or trade for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they're looking ahead to the future. Maybe for you, I'm a second round pick or I don't really want to give up a first round pick for it, but maybe we just give him a young guy. Maybe we give him a guy like Carson. Attach him to like a Josh Richardson or something. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, far and away his best season of his career. I think he went from, oh, he only played 20 minutes with Memphis last season. Okay. He, he'd been a 25 to 30 minute guy in night since 2007. But I think, I think another reason why they might be pushing him out is because, I mean, who's the guy that plays the same position as him? Jaron Jackson Jr., who they really, really like. Yeah. And I know Jaron Jackson Jr. can play some small ball five. And like I said, Kyle Anderson can too, but. Um, like, I think they really want to allow Jaron Jackson Jr. to get as much uh, run as he wants. And I think Kyle Anderson gets not gets in the way of that, but he's an extremely talented guy that's deserving of a lot of minutes. So it's tough. So I think that maybe they try and go for a guy that doesn't play the same position as one of their upcoming stars. Yeah, you could be right. Um, another good fit, an interesting thought. I know, I like we said earlier, I think there's one more move to be made. And uh, – that's going to be super interesting to see what it is. Yeah, for sure. We're just going to have to wait and see, though. I'm sure it's going to come when we're, we're least expecting it. Absolutely, because I have no clue what's going to happen. And I think the Richardson, Chris Dunn, Tristan Thompson deal sort of came out of nowhere, too, because, I mean, I, mean, I think that's going to be the norm with Brad. I think there's going to be – minimal like uh public knowledge minimal speculation around things things are just going to happen yeah. and they're going to they're going to pan out and i honestly think teams are going to be very willing to trade with him thinking that he's an inexperienced guy with no front front office experience like i think that teams maybe are going to be more willing to trade with them than they were with danny in the past i think that kind of hurt danny that he was able to make other guys look stupid on some of those deals I yeah. think people were less weary to trade with him because they just thought it's always like, oh, is, what does he see that I don't see? No, I don't, I don't want to deal with him. So yeah. maybe, maybe just that, that new face there is, is helping facilitate more trades. Maybe. I, I think it's a good, a, an interesting point and a, probably something that's fairly true, you know. Um, do you have anything else on, in terms of roster positioning? No, I don't. I don't uh it's a slow week <laughs> we got a while till the season starts we're just trudging through these oh oh one more thing not not roster construction with dennis schroeder i swear to god if i see another photoshop with him wearing number 17 dude i'm gonna i'm gonna go there and rip up the contract myself <laughs> like that's just disrespectful to the legend tommy heinson like yeah come on like you you gotta know that you got i mean obviously i know a ton of numbers retired for the celtics but you couldn't like throw a 47 on there or something like that just number that yeah. kind of looks like 17. You couldn't Photoshop it like that. So that's just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see that. You tell them that. Do you have any more, any more thoughts about anything else that you wanted to get off your chest? I'm any trying to hot think. takes. I, I don't, I mean, what, what are we going to do with Jabari right now? You think it's, Carson, you think it's Carson that gets the last spot? I think Carson's spot's already guaranteed, isn't it? No. So he's a, a first-round pick, wasn't he? No. Oh, he wasn't. He was a second-round pick. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was, like, a, the last, one of the last picks of the first round. No, he was um, one of the first picks of the second round. So, he's on a non-guaranteed deal this year. Yeah, I mean, I say Cart. It, it sucks because I obviously like the upside of Carson, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we're we really just going to not have another power forward to back up Grant Williams just to let him 
just let him be the backup power forward and that's it. Right. So I don't know. Uh, if we, if we keep Carson, uh, the move, the move that needs to be made is definitely, uh, definitely trade for a power forward because we cannot just be like, yeah, it's fine. If Grant's a power forward, if Tatum gets injured, because there's no one else that can really play that position. I mean, Al Horford can, like I said, it's probably not yeah, ideal. I mean, it's not, not ideal for Grant. Like I think Grant's a center. I just think he's a very short center. He's not a power forward that can play small five. He's just a center. Yeah. I think that's where he's his best. He's his best when he is playing that five because he's he's physical, but he's not very quick. He isn't a good shooter if you consider him a power forward, but he is an okay shooter if you consider him a center. So I think his value goes up a lot more. Um, he's like too physical with some of the wings, and he's able, he just fouls a lot with a lot of those guys, but they kind of swallow the whistle a little more of those bigger guys. Mm-hmm. So I think his best role is to play that like backup or third string center position. So I really don't want to see him at power forward. So in my eyes, we really don't have a true backup power forward at this point. No, and I think I think my heart says Carson, but my head says uh, Jabari, just because, first of all, positional need. And second, Jabari Parker is not that far removed from being the number two overall pick. Yes, he is two ACL injuries removed from that, but I still think that there is – something untapped in him and I think I think we've seen Carson play like we've seen what he'll do on an NBA floor I think Jabari has far more far much more upside I don't know if I'd say upside I mean he's pretty much I think he's at his peak just with what how much the athleticism is gone but if he can add a three-point shot I do think that would make him a very like he's just consistently hitting like 36 37 percent of his threes from like the corner or something that would definitely uh, make him a lot more interesting because he's already obviously a very good just uh, scorer around the rim, like within 15 feet. Yeah. So if he could extend that out a little bit more consistently, that would be promising to see. But yeah. but I, I don't know. I think that they might hold on to Carson just because I think his trade value would be much higher, especially with the way he's played like the summer league. And if he just continues to take that play into the preseason, maybe a team sells himself on him being like their backup point guard, a guy that can be a little spark plug off the bench. And I've said that year after year, whenever he has a good game that maybe yeah. uh, he could trick a team, but maybe he is just that guy. Maybe he just needs more opportunity and maybe he go to a team that's in a rebuilding phase that he can get those minutes on and, and uh, be competitive and really provide what he's best at. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, do you have anything else, Matt? No, that's it. Uh, your song this week, what you picking? Uh, I had one queued up. Let me just find the artist. Um, it's... Where is it? Jesus Christ, Emery. Hold on, hold on. Um... Okay, I'm changing it. I want uh, tequila shots by Kid Cudi. Okay, sounds good. All righty. Okay. Peace out, Girl Scout. As he falls back deeper into a state. The return. That's my mind is beating by I'm holding on. Asking God to help him, are you hearing me? Girl is telling me she don't know what she wants. Lot of demons creeping up the living underneath. 
gotta take a minute, y'all travel far Feeling something, no, I can't ignore my instincts Back just where I started, it's the same old damage songs I need Tryna find it on the right track Oh, wanna be just where the free at mm. Talk to him, he don't speak back mm. Can't lose, I'm in the third act Lord, seeing me swerve Do this to my loved ones, I've got some nerve Don't think I'm not sorry Give me now, hey, this time I'm ready for it Can't stop this war in me, can't stop this war in me